Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. Happy musing. John chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Ready? It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Meaning, you're not going to wash my feet. That was kind of a rhetorical question. Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing. Let's say that together. You don't realize now what I'm doing. And then he says, but later you'll understand. Let's say that. But later you'll understand. There's a revelation process. Peter's somewhere back in the you know, kindergarten stage of that revelation process here. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. <clears throat> and, and, and when you're telling the Lord stuff, it's not advisable to tell him never. Don't ever use those words never with God. Uh, because you don't know what he's going to expect of you. So Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And of course, Peter being the, I don't know, just real staid kind of personality, uh, Simon Peter replies, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. In other words, I'm jumping in all the way then. That's good. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. You're clean, though not every one of you. It's basically kind of the type here, I think, is, you know, you get a bath when you get saved but then you're walking through a dirty world and you get your feet dirty and you need them cleansed regularly. Amen, you understand? And so uh, it's a regular kind of cleansing we need for our feet and, and Jesus is um, uh, modeling his servant life, uh, cleansing us along the way. But he says, but not every one of you. And then he says in verse 11, or John says, for he knew who was gonna betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, verse 12, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Now he's going to teach on it. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. And basically, no would be the answer there. You call me teacher and Lord, and righteously so, for that's what I am. <clears throat> now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, and what, just look up, look up at me. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, what, if you've never read this before, you never heard this story, if... Jesus, the God of glory, has just washed the disciples' feet. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, and you would expect to read, I want you now to my feet. I mean, it's reciprocal, and we would all line up to do that. But that's not what he said. He said, uh, <clears throat> I want, now that I, Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash each other's feet. Wash each other's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You'll be blessed if you do them. 
I, I'm thinking this is one of the most surprising things Jesus ever did in, in the Gospels. I, I, I'm surprised that he was born in a manger. I'm surprised he rode into a Jerusalem on a donkey. I'm surprised that he spit and made mud and put it on a guy's eyes. I'm surprised about, that he raised Lazarus from the dead. I'm surprised about a lot of stuff, Jesus. But this is the most, to me, this is like unpredictable Jesus at his best. I mean, he's, who, this is not stereotypical savior rig here. That the God of glory comes and washes uh, feet is, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's just the most shocking thing. And, and John is the only one who records it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they don't even include it. It's not even in their gospel. They have the, the uh, Lord's Supper, but they don't even have this uh, foot washing. I don't know, I, I don't know why the guys don't have it, but they don't. And what I'd like to do is turn on the inside of your bulletin. There's an outline there if you want to kind of follow along with me a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to talk about his heart and our feet. And first of all, there's two things he does. He, he does something and then he requires something. So let's talk about what he does first and then what he, what he asks us to do. A couple of disciples that are prominently displayed in this chapter. There's t all 12 of them are there, but who are the ones that stand out that keep coming into play? Simon Peter. He, he stands out in almost every interaction that goes on. And then the other one, Judas. So it's Judas and Simon Peter. They're quite different, by the way. I'm thinking Judas has a, not only dirty feet, but a dirty heart because we know that he's ripping them off. And, and I'm just, I'm shocked that Judas could get through this foot washing thing because when Jesus said, you've lifted up your heel against me, what kind of heel was that? It was a clean heel. He had just washed Judas' feet. He knew Judas was going to betray him, but yet he washed his feet. And when he used that foot to just kick Jesus in the solar plexus by betraying him, he used a clean foot. And Judas uh, was so slick, don't you think? None of the disciples suspected him. Because Jesus said, you know, one of you is going to uh, betray me. And, and what, what do they say? Really? Who would that be? I, is, it, I, I, is it me? Nobody, nobody said, is it Judas? Because he was so slick on the outside. He had a dirty heart, but a great exterior. I, this doesn't apply to anybody here, but uh, just in case it might. Uh, or somebody that you know that has a, a really good religious uh, shtick going. Judas did. Nobody suspected him. And then Peter, he says, you know, you don't, you're not going to wash my, my feet. Jesus says, uh, well, let's, let's discuss it. Do you, you want to? I think he had a sincere heart, don't you? I don't think he was being belligerent or rebellious or phony or hypocritical or anything like that. I think he just, he just didn't get it. And, and again, that wouldn't apply to anybody here uh, because we only know people who don't have a revelation. And, but... Uh, so when you do, we pray for those kind of people. And but just three quick things about Jesus here. Uh, what, what, what would you say? What do you learn about the character of Jesus in this, in this chapter and from this uh, interaction? What do you think, uh, what do you see about Jesus and his personality and the way that he is? Lynn? Very, very humble, isn't he? Incredibly humble to do this thing. He's the God of glory. He's not just the head guru in town. He's the God of creation. And he's washing uh, people's feet, okay? And, you know, it's not really the most prestigious job in town. Somebody else have another thing about him? Yes. He's a servant. And Philippians 2 says, you might want to write in there, Philippians 2, that's just the servant chapter where it talks about Jesus humbling himself unto death, even the, and becoming a, in the form of a servant. Something else about him? He's humble. He's a servant. 
He sets an example. He's exemplary. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it actually says in that first or second verse there that he full, showed them the full extent of his love here. He's setting an example. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm going to use the word, and since you said that, I'll, I'll put up this word here. I'm going to use the word uh, secure. Um, and because he has nothing to lose, nothing to prove. He's so secure. Um, I'm not. You know, public people, a lot of times you think, well, boy, is that guy ever secure? And, you know, I'm getting more secure all the time, but I'm not like, the, I'm not like Jesus. I do think about what people think about me, and it, it trips me up all the time. Does it you? Again, that doesn't relate to you. It's just me. Um, but, um, but he had nothing to prove, nothing to lose, because he was secure. I like how it says in verse 1, he knew where he came from and where he was going. And if you know where you came from, where you're going, you, you don't have to, like, put on airs or be cool or or have some kind of thing that distinguishes you. You don't really care what people think about you. Not that you're, you're nasty about it, it's just it, it really doesn't make a difference. You're concerned about the uh, approval of God the Father and that's about it. And, and if you want that, you got it. He loves you. Uh, somebody else said he's uh, humble. I would say that's really true about Jesus, that he's humble and it's gonna come up. And humble is what he is. You have to get down to wash feet. Um, I, I, I thought of this uh, passage in the Psalms and then one in uh, Corinthians, and you'll have to click it for me there, whoever's behind the computer there, um, is uh, on, under humble is a Psalm 18, I'll read it, verse 35. You stoop down to make me great. You stoop down to make me great. You stoop down. That's the way he is. He stoops. He, he came all the way to earth, and that's a humbling thing. Uh, C.S. Lewis I mentioned this at UCSC the other night. Had a great time on Halloween night at uh, InterVarsity. And I think I mentioned uh, how C.S. Lewis said that in the incarnation, it's like, you know, God becoming a man is like man becoming a slug and then a bunch more like that. It's beyond that. But, you know, from manhood to slughood and then uh, for God to become a man and then a bunch more. Um, and then uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 9, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. And then but that by his poverty, you might become rich is the rest of that verse there. Okay? So he's so humble. And then, and write down again, Philippians chapter 2 in there. And then the, the, the last one is that he's, he's so persistent. I just see him saying in verse 7, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will. There's a revelation that ha it doesn't seem to all dawn on us. As I'm looking at us, as, as we're in this room together, we all have different levels of revelation. We do. That of stuff that God's opened our eyes to. Peter, you've given the, uh, your testimony about this incredible year and a half ago, two years ago, revelation God gave you of his love and his forgiveness. And, and uh, Mike shared a little bit about the love of God. Uh, Joe, you shared a revelation about forgiveness. And we all have different varying pieces of the bigger, of the picture, you know. And he's just persistent and and giving us more and more of himself. You don't understand this now. Later you will. Thank God he's patient. Amen? We don't have to get it all at one time. I want it all at one time, but I'm not getting it that way. Okay? Does that make sense so far? So, that's shock number one. What Jesus did. He washed his feet. That's, that's a shock. That's, I mean, if you think about it, that's a shock. But what's shock number two? What's the... I mean, to me, this is even as almost as big a shock. What he does is a shock to wash feet. What's the second shock in the chapter? Yes. 
Right. He commands us to do it. That's shocking to me. We're supposed to wash each other's feet. I'm not sure that he's saying we should set up uh, foot washing services all the time. But I, I, how many of you ever been in a, a foot washing time, a spiritual moment where we did? I mean, it's just incredible. I'll tell you a story. I've, I've told this story before at the Russian River. Russian River on a camp out one time with a bunch of guys. We, uh, we canoed down the river and then came back and we're around the campfire. And one of the guys just started confessing his sins. It was just, it was, it was just an, an awesome moment. And one of the, I've told this story before, one of the guys went and grabbed a, 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 some water and a towel and came over to this guy while he's still in the process of confessing his, his, some sin that's in his life right now. And this guy just gets down and starts washing. We're around the campfire. This is a bunch of guys that you'd think would be talking about baseball and stuff. And, and he starts, the guy that, that's washing the feet just starts to cry like this. And, and he's takes this guy's shoes off. We've been, it's, there's not, we, there are showers there, but we hadn't used them yet, okay? You understand? And, and, and washes his feet. And while he's, he's crying, he's just saying, Jesus not only cleanses you from your sin, but from, from the path that you took and uh, that, you, that got you there, all that dirt on your feet that you got from where you, you came from. And everybody was crying. The guy was crying. We were all crying. And I remember one of the elders of the church, after a while, just... We we're kind of all dumbfounded, like, and he goes, well, what, what just happened here? Where are we now? And, and we just kind of all didn't know. It was just one of those holy moments. It was incredible. And I think that was something of what Jesus, again, it's not that it's the physical thing, but it was, it's representative of a, of a life of service. First of all, just uh, if, if my feet are in your hands, I'm just going to ask you to be uh, patient with me. I might not get it right now if you're trying to help me grow in Jesus or something. Uh, don't be in too much of a hurry. Uh, it, when somebody doesn't have a revelation, what's the thing? What do you got to do? You pray. So pray. Pray a lot. A lot of times we just rush into, you've got to get this. We do this with our children. We do this with our friends. We do this with our pastor. We do this with our, our parents, with our brothers and our sisters. Um, pray for a revelation. Amen. Holy Spirit has a way. Doesn't he have a good way of fixing stuff? I'd say, secondly, just be sensitive with me. Uh, don't use a wire brush when you're uh, washing my feet. You're not trying to take off skin. You're trying to take off dirt, okay? Scalding hot water, cold water, don't do that. Just, just warm it up nice and, and uh, be sensitive. Um, how you minister, oh, please hear this. How you minister is as important as that you minister to somebody. May the Holy Spirit give us all revelation about that right now. In John 12, uh, verse 49, he said, The Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. How you say what you say is as important as what you say. Don't rub it in, rub it off, okay? And then lastly is be compassionate with me, please. Uh, if my feet are in your hands, what I've got on my feet... Oftentimes, well, if not all the time, is commensurate with where I've been, okay? So if you've been in the Sierras where there's a lot of red dirt, you're going to have red dirt on your shoes and on your feet, right? Especially if you wear sandals or red dirt from the Hawaiian Islands. Or if you've been to the boardwalk, you'll have cotton candy on your shoes, you know, like that. And so when you're washing somebody's feet, you're acknowledging a compassion from Jesus about where they've been that got them to where they are. Does that make sense? 
And when we're washing feet and serving each other, it's not to justify and say, oh, it's okay that you're this murderous, angry person because you were abused. It's not okay. It's not to justify, but it is to clarify and to purify. Okay, um, I'm counseling somebody and they are splitting up with their wife and they tell me the story about being abused as a child, about their parents splitting up. That is integral, that is essential for me to understand in praying for them now to maybe get some healing that will help them transition into a healthy marriage, okay? So I'm gonna wash their feet and serve them and have, I, if Jesus will help me, because I won't do it on my own, I'll probably mess it up pretty bad. But if Jesus will help me, I'll understand that and pray wholeness to this person who was predisposed to maybe some, some wrong thinking about marriage, okay? How many of you are tracking me so far? Got with me? Now, but that's not to justify and say, well, it's okay because you were, had a bad childhood. It's okay. It's not to justify. I can't say that. But it is to clarify and uh, to then uh, identify the issues. And so then we can see Jesus purify their situation into a place of wholeness in their, in their life right now. Now, how many of you understand what I'm saying? Thank you. Okay, good. So compassion would be my pain in your heart. If you're washing my feet, I'm thinking that you've got some of my pain in your heart. If I'm washing your feet, I'm trusting that Jesus will put some of your pain in my heart, okay? That's about servanthood there, isn't it? Okay. How many of you could use a little bit more of that compassion for people? I do too. I was the first one to the altar last night for prayer for more compassion. And I might, uh, I'm closer to the altar than you are, so I might beat you there today too. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.